Welcome to Corbell CareerCast, the podcast from the Office of Career and Professional Development at the Joseph Corbell School of International Studies at the University of Denver. Today, we are joined by Corbell student Jacob Topping, who will interview Corbell alumni Charles Emmett, who works for Thomson Reuters Special Services. Jacob? Hi, everyone. My name is Jacob Topping. Like Heather mentioned, I'm a second year Master of Public Policy student here at the Corbell School. Um, so I have the wonderful opportunity to be joined by Charles today to kind of just talk a little bit about what he does and uh, what his day to day looks like and ask him some some uh, questions related to career advancement here at the Corbell School. So first of all, Charles, thank you for joining us. Um, first off, if you could just give a brief introduction of your uh, what year you graduated from Corbell, Corbell what you specifically studied, um, where you work now and what your exact position is. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh... So I started winter uh, 2015 and then officially graduated spring 2017. Uh, I was in the international studies program. Uh, so uh, finished with the international, the degree in international security. And then I did a regional focus on China uh, and then a focus on national security policy. Okay, cool. Yeah. So if you can expand a little bit on an overview of kind of what your company's mission is, what your day-to-day -day looks like in terms of what you're doing work-wise. Um, I think that can kind of set up the rest of the interview pretty well. Sure. Uh, so Thomson Reuters Special Services, it's a subsidiary of the larger Thomson Reuters company. Uh, a lot of people may be familiar with Reuters News. Uh, and so what TRSS does, uh, you know, we do government contracting uh, as well as some work with some uh, clients in the commercial sector. Uh, private industry, uh, kind of the range of work can be pretty broad. Uh, you know, it could be you know your customer due diligence type work. Uh, it could be supply chain risk analysis. Uh, we also do work supporting federal law enforcement, uh, and that can range from you know supporting investigations into forced labor, human trafficking, uh, drug crimes, gun trafficking, counterproliferation, uh, pretty wide uh, spectrum of uh, support that we provide. Well, yeah, so with your international security degree, it kind of sounds like you fit perfectly into the mission of where you're working right now. So the next question I had kind of delves into that qualifications kind of side of things with career advancement. So I just wanted to know what type of person succeeds in your organization, in your field, um, specifically students that may be international security scholars that are looking to advance in their career, but don't know what route to go. Um, just kind of, if you can give insight into that and how that looks for you. Sure. Uh, so my specific role, I'm an analyst. Uh, so day-to-day -day work uh, could be a lot of research and writing. Uh, so Strong writing skills, you know, very important. Uh, it's something that I've gotten uh, people have commented on in my company, uh, my ability, my writing ability. Uh, so, you know, I spend time honing that skill. Uh, you know, I always tried to make time with professors while I was in school to get feedback after I submitted a paper. Uh, that was when it, I was an undergrad and at Corbell. And then also, uh, when I was at Corbell, uh, scheduling time at the writing center to get advice uh, before I submitted anything. You know, I always thought that was really helpful. Uh, also, you know, like briefing skills, uh, being able to talk uh, is pretty important. Uh, I would say now that I've been doing this for almost six years, 
Uh, maybe some skills I wish I would have focused on a little bit more in school would have been uh, maybe some of the hard skills. So if you can find some time to learn a little bit of coding, uh, you know, whether that's like Python or SQL, uh, you know, like something like that can be really useful day to day work. And I'm not like talking about trying to make yourself you know, like a decoder, but just trying to learn how to do some like simple tasks like if you're already pretty good at Excel, like maybe just learning a little bit of Python so you can automate some stuff and maybe help get some help, like cleaning up spreadsheets, things like that. Yeah, of course, those skills are definitely crucially important in the, in the field of work that you're doing. So I appreciate that. Um, with those skills, are, is there any course that you remember specifically at Corbell that you took that you really felt advanced these skills or any other courses you just thoroughly enjoyed that you're still applying in the field of work you're doing now? Uh, yeah, there's a few courses. So with my uh, focus on China, uh, you know, that comes up in my day-to-day -day work. So that was really helpful. Uh, so I highly recommend uh, Professor Zhao's classes. Uh, a couple others that were really useful. Uh, I took defense methods with Professor Griffith. And that was really relevant to a lot of, you know, like what I've mentioned as far as like, you know, being able to learn Excel, being able to kind of come up with a research question, being able to brief the question, kind of your research methodology, that was really useful. And I think the third class that uh, I took that was really useful uh, was the art of forecasting and learning how to combine uh, both qualitative and quantitative research methods and then uh like putting that together into one uh, deliverable and then also like being able to brief it out at the end of the course. Cool. Yeah. With, with that, that kind of brings me to my next question about how your day-to-day -day responsibilities like in terms of how you're able to, I'm sure you're managing multiple different projects, multiple different tasks at the same time. And I was wondering if that's something you kind of honed in on at Corbell specifically, or if that's something you kind of worked on as you, worked further into your field and what that looks like for you day to day. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it was definitely skills that I was able to continue working on when I was at Corbell, uh, you know, like time management, being able to prioritize is really important. Uh, my very first job coming out of undergrad, I uh, worked for the state of Wyoming, uh, for child support services. And, uh, I was a case officer and I was responsible for, you know, like, enforcing child support orders uh and i had a caseload of like nearly 800 people so that's where i like really got in introduced into like time management and having to prioritize uh but just kind of some of the skills and things i picked up in that very first job i was able to continue working on at corbell and then you know throughout my career i've just been able to get better at yeah cool well, it sounds like you've kind of advanced through maybe a a few different roles. So is there anything specifically that uh, stuck out to you in this job search line that you hear now that uh, you wouldn't have otherwise noticed? Or is there something specifically about where you're working now that you were kind of drawn to uh, with your experience in the workforce in Equibill? Yeah, so I will say when I very first joined the company, it was a little fuzzy, uh, you know, on exactly what I was going to be working on, uh, what the company's mission was. It was pretty fairly small, uh, you know, six years ago when I joined, we've grown quite a bit in that time. Uh, you know, so 
so the time management, research skills, writing things that I knew were going to be useful, uh, I knew I was going to be an analyst and like writing papers, uh, some of those briefing skills, uh, you know, pretty quickly after joining the company, I realized there's you know, some of those coding, like more data science related skills I was definitely going to have to work on because I didn't have very many of those coming out of Corbell. Uh, like I said, I wish that was something I w maybe would have worked more at, uh, but I've know been able to do that as i've grown with the company uh they're really good about providing training and resources for those kinds of things so yeah that sounds great and we have a lot of students that do kind of consider those government agency specific roles post-grad so is there any reason specifically you can point to why a student may want to consider joining the uh like a contractor security role as opposed to joining an agency specifically what the pros and cons of that may be and why that may be an opportunity for some of our, our new grads coming out of the Corbell School. Sure. So I think it may somewhat depend on like the contracting firm itself. Uh, you know, part of government contracting, there's not always a lot of job security. So if a company loses a contract, uh, you know, it's possible you might lose your position depending on if that company is gonna keep you on until another contract opens up or not. Uh I know, so chatting with like people I know that are in government right now and then some of the coworkers I have that are federal employees, uh, I think some of the training and resources that we have at TRSS, uh, it probably goes above and beyond what some of the actual federal employees get access to sometimes. Uh, so like, for example, last year I was able to uh, get certified as a financial crime specialist uh, you know, and that was something that the company supported uh, and w was willing to help me uh, go through that process to get it, uh, which I know isn't always available to uh, no actual government employees. So, I mean, there's pros and cons to both sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Can you speak to maybe a little bit about what the average tenure in your position looks like? How it sounds like you're you're thriving very well in your role, and it sounds like you've also climbed up uh, quite substantially in your time in your role. So can you speak a little bit to what that looks like, uh, kind of moving up the chain uh, in the work that you're doing specifically? Yeah, so the, uh, like I said, the company is really good about uh, providing training and resources for career development. Uh, really, it's kind of just up to the individual where they see themselves in the company and, you know, uh, and what they see is their long-term role. Um, you know, even if they decide that maybe the company is not the best fit for them, you know, the company is still willing to help out with some of that training and career development to get them the skills that they need to maybe move on to a different organization that they feel maybe better long-term fit for their goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely relevant. Um, another thing that I was thinking about is um, how, how someone who's studying security, how they, because Heather and I had spoke a little bit and we were, um, we're always trying to figure out how Corbell grads can fit into these roles that they may not uh, consider immediately post-grad. This may not be a role uh, that someone who's traditionally a security scholar may think of. So is there any any advice you can give to a security scholar, a security scholar specifically, or any other program here at the Corbell School of Students um, who are looking for those kind of niche roles that they may not traditionally think of in pursuing their their goals in the workplace yeah uh 
So before joining TRSS, I uh, was an NGFP fellow with PNNL and the MNSA. And uh, some advice I'd gotten while there, uh, you know, it's really good to have like a, maybe like a regional focus or regional specialization that can be maybe like really uh, detailed or really focused, but then also having, you know, like more of a secondary, broader uh, kind of functional specialization, something that you might be able to take with you anywhere, even if you're not focusing on China or whatever, you know, the region may be. Uh, so something I was able to learn there, uh, I got int introduced to U.S. export controls and you know, like rules and regulations, what goes into that. And kind of that, being able to focus in on that has really served me well, like being able to move into different roles because that's kind of, when it comes to, you know, like the know your customer, due diligence, sanctions, compliance stuff, you know, it's that knowledge and the skills of being able to develop over time is something I can take with me to different organizations if I needed to. And it applies to more than just, you know, like my regional specialization in China. There's Mm -hmm. there's different things that I'm able to do with it. Yeah, for sure. And um, I know internships are a large, a large discussion here at the Corvell School, spe specifically among students who are looking for things to do, whether it's in the summer or over the winter uh, break. So is it, I know you had spoke a little bit about the internship program earlier. Can you maybe just speak a little bit more specifically about what that may look like and how students at the Corvell School may go about finding those opportunities and how those internship roles fit into the larger work that your organization is doing? Yep. So uh, the internship uh, company has a really great one. Uh, it's a paid internship. Uh, application usually opens up around November, December timeframe. Uh, there's multiple roles. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm in the analysis department, but there's also opportunities in data science, uh, business development. Uh, I want to say finance department maybe has one. And I also know they have uh, some more focused roles, like specifically geared towards uh, some of the human rights work and forced labor work that we support. So the applications, November, December timeframe, then the actual internship itself uh, takes place over the summer. So it's May to August. Uh, the internship is at our headquarters uh, in Virginia. So know anyone that's interested in living in dc for a summer if you're able to or if you know you're going to be doing the corbell uh, semester in dc or maybe finishing that up uh, and sticking around dc for a while uh, it's a great opportunity to stay in the area uh you'll actually you'll get uh you'll come up with a research question uh, it's actually really similar to defense methods of course. So you'll come up with your research question and uh, you'll work with some mentors in the company that'll help you uh, iron that out. Then you'll get uh, tools or you'll get access to some of the tools and data sources that we, uh, the actual analysts have. Uh, and you'll spend the summer doing research on your question and putting together a briefing for the company. And then at the end of that summer, uh, you'll brief, uh, you know, like not just the analysts and some of the managers, but, you know, like the executives and higher level personnel from the company uh, typically join those briefings as well. Yeah, it sounds like a really great opportunity there. Any tips you might want to provide to Corbell students that are looking to apply for this position? Because it looks, sounds like 
this would be very fulfilling in terms of the, their scholarship here at the Corbell School and how they're going to take that forward into their into their career. So do you have any tips on what they may be wanting to incorporate in their application or how competitive the application process is or that sort of thing? Yeah, so it's a fairly competitive process. Uh, you know, there's in the past, it's been hundreds of applicants for maybe five, six positions. You know, being an analyst, like I said, it's a lot of research and writing. So I would definitely include a cover letter so they can kind of get an idea of what your writing ability is like and also gives you a little bit more opportunity to, you know, like spell out why you think you'd be a good fit for the internship and what kind of skills and knowledge uh, you bring to the table. Then also, you know, like what you're hoping to get out of the internship and what your goals are. Yeah, that sounds that sounds very important. Um, with the work you're doing specifically, I th I'm thinking more now towards uh, Corbell grads who are looking to place themselves in their career. Um, are there any trends you've identified in the hiring patterns um, of the work you're doing or your organization specifically? Um, is there anything to keep an eye on in terms of in terms of that? So I don't know anything about specific trends that I've seen. Uh, no, I will say kind of going back to some of those hard skills that we mentioned, you know, if you, the more tools that you can put in your tool belt to make you stand out. So if you can speak to having used a little bit of Python or SQL in grad school or at an internship, or, you know, if you're already really good at Excel, if you can maybe learn Power BI or Tableau or some other kind of visualization, just kind of the more, more things that you're able to show that you different ways that you can contribute, you'll probably stand out a lot more than you know, like people that aren't able to do those things. That definitely makes sense. So it does look like we have time for maybe one more question. So I want to conclude with uh, kind of a question to look forward for our Corbell grads um, entering the spring quarter um, of their second year of this uh, imaginary Corbell student. What advice would you give to them? That's, uh, would kind of give them some insight into how they can feel about their career advancement moving forward and what they can do in that in those few remaining months at the Corbell School to ensure that they're they're placed in a field that they're conducting work and uh, applying their skills that they learned at the Corbell School in their work specifically. Yeah, so I may I know it may be like pretty stressful coming up on graduation, like worrying about winding up a position or if, you know like permanent employment or fellowship. Uh, no, I'd say. If you try not to limit yourself, uh, you know, if you're applying for a position, it may not be, you know, like your dream job or something you imagined coming right out of grad school. But if you can find positives about it, you know, that may help you build up a certain skill set that'll, so it's just acting as like a step to the career that you want to get. It was, like I said, coming out of undergrad, I never thought that I'd be working for child support services. Uh, but I ended up like gaining quite a few valuable skills in that position that you know I still use today. And a lot of times in the interviews that I've had for the NGFP fellowship and even the position I have now, like that position is something that the employers were interesting interested in. The hiring managers wanted to talk about. So you know, don't don't limit yourself just because you think you don't it's something you might not want to do long-term or you didn't picture yourself doing it coming out of school. Yeah. That sounds like great advice. And I really appreciate all the, the great insight you've been able to provide me today. So thank you very much for your time. Yeah. Thank you. 
Thank you both Jacob and Charles. I think it was a really interesting conversation and I loved Chuck or your feedback about um, choosing a job that's going to give you some great skills right out of school, even if it's not maybe the, the dream job that you envision right out of school. And I was also really interested to hear about maybe some opportunities for human rights students as well at Thompson Reuters Special Services, because I think they may not have this kind of organization on their radar. So I think that was a great um, shout out for them as well as security students. So thank you for that. So that concludes us for today, and we hope you will join us next time for our Corbell Career Cast.